You're listening to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Join your hosts, Michael and Jenna, as they discuss all things ORAU through interviews with our experts who provide innovative scientific and technical solutions for our customers. They'll talk about ORAU's storied history, how we're impacting an ever-changing world, and our commitment to our community. Welcome to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Good morning, happy Wednesday, and welcome to another episode of Further Together, the ORU podcast. I'm Michael with my co-host. Jenna, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm very well. It's Wednesday. It is. We're dropping another episode. We are, and we have one of my favorite people in today. Right? (laughs) One of mine, too, as a matter of fact. (laughs) And it's not just because he's the president. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Andy, Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Good to see you guys. We're excited. We are excited. So, Andy Page, you are the president and CEO of ORAU. How long have you been in this position, and where did you come from? (laughs) Well, I've been in the position, this position, for about 10 years, but I've actually been with ORAU for about almost 19 or 20 years. So, prior to coming to Oak Ridge, um, I managed uh, ORU's National Security Program in Washington, D.C., where we worked supporting the National Nuclear Security Administration, the FBI, a lot of um, federal agencies that were part of the counterterrorism mission in there before I was selected to come here uh, in 2009 to replace Ron Townsend, who was the CEO at the time, and it's just been a great privilege and honor to be able to be in this position for the last 10 years leading this organization. Excellent. Um, So before that, before you worked for ORU, I know that you have military in your background. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it was an honor to be, uh, I was a member infantry officer in the Marine Corps for about 25 years. So did a great career there and Got to see a lot of far and distant mm-hmm. uh, places, <laughs> not all of them uh, exotic in nature, but right. uh, you know, got to do a lot of different things in the Marines and uh, have a great uh, background in that with a lot of good friends and, uh, and Marines that I've served with through the years. And so I think that helped get me into the national security business with ORU and then uh, further to here. Gotcha. So. Any interesting? Where we've all gone further together. Oh, we have all gone further together. Thank oh, that you. was a good one. <laughs> nice, nice segue. I like it. Um, any interesting stories? Favorite places from when you were in the Marine Corps? Well, I think that um, you know, in the Marine Corps, uh, you have to go back uh, some twenty-five to thirty sure. years, which is, uh, you know, uh, if you remember in the nineteen eighties. Uh, There was a lot of uh, activity and terrorism in the Middle East, particularly around Beirut, Lebanon. Uh, And you might remember in 1982, 1983, the Marine barracks in Beirut was actually attacked. uh, And I was part of that response back then. So that's always, you know, uh, the loss of so many incredible friends and comrades and fellow Marines around that time uh, was kind of a searing uh, experience for you uh, sure. being in the uh, the military at that time, and it's just um, it's very gratifying to see how far we've come uh, since that time. Just in terms of tactics and techniques and people and equipment and uh, the character of uh, people that serve today, uh, but 
uh, Marines are Marines, no matter you know what year they come from. The, mm -hmm. That 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 ethics of uh, you know once a Marine, always a Marine, and semper fidelis is is always apparent in everybody that you meet that serves in the Marines. So, how does Marine life sort of color how you um, are president and CEO? How does that <laughs> how does that impact who you are today? Well, so uh, being the president and CEO of a science and education outfit is a little bit different than sure. you know running a, a infantry regiment or battalion or something. So you've had to make some adjustments along the way. Um, I think what's what's in common is uh, I like the business strategy. I like the to think through the, the the kind of the evolutions that we put forth in terms of advancing goals and objectives because I think that's very much what you know I did in the military. Sure. But in terms of how you interact with people and treat people, it's totally different. And I think you have to make adjustments out of your kind of your military mindset to remember that you're dealing in this organization with some very smart people. A lot smarter than me. Uh, and it takes a different type of leadership set, a different type of leadership uh, type of um, uh, standards that you want to, to, to do in terms to get them to uh, coalesce and be part of you. In, in the Marines, it's simple to give an order mm -hmm. and that order is followed. Here, you have to have consensus. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to have support. You have to have people who are kind of rallying around your ideas and your intent and the direction that you want to take because you realize that even though you're the CEO, you cannot do it yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. That it takes a team and uh, I, to build a team around that those ideas to advance those objectives. Speaking of team, I think one of the things from an employee aspect and, and seeing the way that you lead the company, um, the idea of one team and, and that is known throughout the company, that one team atmosphere, that one team idea, everyone is here, we all are working together towards common goals. So I think that that's greatly appreciated and Absolutely. You know, we, can, we can see Well, that. I think, and I think that's, you know, Jenny, you make a very good point, um, you know, being unified around your common goals and objectives is very important, but you, you've got to get that buy-in and that support. Mm -hmm. All of that, to get that one team to follow you, you've got to get them to buy in at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. So I found the adjustment to be is I've got to do a lot more communicating. I've got to do a lot more talking. Uh, when I want to enact something or put something in motion, I found that in many cases I find myself putting together small teams or focus groups to talk it through first mm -hmm. and make sure that I'm looking at it from every different perspective and every different angle so that when you actually you roll it out, then you've actually um, you know, thought about it and mm -hmm. gotten a lot of different perspectives on how to uh, make, that, make that objective mm -hmm. and make it, make it real. Well, and then also creates buy-in from the company. We were talking to Jamie Kennedy earlier about um, getting buy-in from employees on empowerment. And so those teams and, and vetting your ideas and having letting them have a part of creating these ideas and bringing them into fruition really creates an atmosphere of empowerment and, and buy-in. And, you know, they carry the message forward as well, which then goes to your one team atmosphere mm -hmm. and idea. 
I think I'm kind of known here for putting a lot of teams together. <laughs> I really like the cross-functionality of bringing different employees together from every aspect of the organization together to kind of focus on one initiative. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, our, our strategic plan, for example, you know, started with a small strategic planning team that put, um, you know, the principles and the guiding principles and, and kind of the objectives together. Uh, but then we expanded that to include almost 100 employees that were involved in action planning teams to look at how we will overcome those obstacles, you know, for that type of success and, um, you know, make recommendations, further recommendations on things that we need to do to achieve the goals that we want to do. And to me, that's the exciting part of the, of, the, of the strategy of making it actionable and making it real and getting all employees involved. And I know that maybe employees in the town halls that we do get tired of me uh, talking <laughs> about strategy, but the more everyone understands about the intent and the direction that we're taking this organization, the more they're gonna be involved and the more better informed they're gonna be and the more that they can contribute and be empowered to contribute to help us reach our goals mm -hmm. because like I said before, you can't do it yourself. You need you need a team to help you get there. Right. So I've been with the organization for two years, and you know my observation is you do a great job of trying to be out in front of employees through town halls, through Andy offstage meetings, um, through emails. You know, soliciting feedback. Talk to me. Tell me. You know, do you have questions? Do you have concerns? You know, let's either talk about it here or talk about it in a small group. I feel like, you know, you you do a great job of, of trying to communicate and make everyone feel like they are part of one team. So, yeah. I think thanks for that feedback, Michael. Appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> I think also, you know, besides just the business aspect of it and getting feedback in the one team aspect in terms of um, organizational goals, but also employees doing extracurricular activities mm -hmm. outside of work and being on one team, like, you know, our community initiatives that we have. I think that goes a long way as well. Absolutely. Habitat Humanity is just one of them um, where people can come together for a greater purpose and be on one team to do some good in the community. Um, we have multiple we community initiatives here at ORU. And as you are the president and CEO, like we could have taken this conversation in a million directions, yeah. but kind of wanted to focus on um, our philanthropy efforts and our, our work in the community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as Jenna said, with Habitat for Humanity and we do Extreme Classroom Makeover and, um, you know, the week that this episode airs or debuts, um, the Tennessee Board of Regents is presenting us with a philanthropy award for work that we've done to support education at the collegiate level. So um, why is philanthropy and giving back and being a strong community partner important for us? Well, just from the, the general aspect of you, you should pay it forward. Always try to pay it forward. But, but um, ORU has been an instrumental, critical part of this community since 1946. And we have an historical, you know, pres presence in this community and been part of this community for all the way back into the Second World War. Mm -hmm. So you can't forget your history mm -hmm. and sure. you can't forget the community that that you serve. And so, you know, ORU is in the business of advancing science and education um, and and working for the public good. And you know, we're a national asset. 
in terms of doing that, even when you think about our research participants that come from all over the world to serve in some of our programs, we're an international uh, known uh, enterprise in advancing that, but it all kind of starts at home, right? And you have to be, always have the community in the forefront of your thoughts of paying it forward and doing something to uh, advance how they're going to grow and how they're going to be vibrant. Your workforce mm-hmm. comes from this community, and it comes from the East Tennessee region. Um, and the thing that's always struck me about what's so unique about this organization is that you find people that have worked here for 25, 30, 35 years. You don't find that, mm-hmm. you know, in other companies. Right. Right? I came from Washington D.C. Before I came here, I knew of no one working in mm-hmm. um, federal contracting organizations that had worked that long in an organization. And so, you know, p- there are employees here whose grandmothers worked here, their mm-hmm. mothers worked mm-hmm. here. They want this organization to be a place where their daughters and sons, you know, can work here in you know, uh, 15 to 25 years. So in order to maintain that type of a workforce and that type of a vibrant organization, you're compelled to try to give back uh, to the community. And so I think that we have tried to focus our efforts in STEM education uh, because we really believe that to be the future. Mm -hmm. uh, And we are trying to empower kids uh, and young girls and young youngsters and and all of those in terms of getting involved in STEM education at a very early age. We understand that, you know, the middle school and elementary school level is where you need to be able to hook technology uh, into kids. And so you mentioned the Extreme Classroom Mm -hmm. Makeover, Mm -hmm. which over the last 10 years has been a hugely popular program where we give $25,000 to a middle school or elementary school science or math teacher to infuse technology into the classroom. And I know you guys have been part of that mm-hmm. that program and done such a wonderful job in, in putting that forth. But it's all the other areas too, our teacher grants that we give grants to teachers, mm-hmm. uh, our United Way where every single year employees donate well over $100,000 every single year into the United Way. Uh, you mentioned the, um, the the Philanthropy Award where we're going, we've invested over $100,000 into a, a new STEM building at uh, Pellissippi State Community College because community colleges are so important uh, in terms of advancing science and education in the workforce and bringing in the talented workforce that Oak Ridge is gonna need in the next 10 to 15 right. years. And so, I think we're privileged to be a member of the community and we have to be able to pay that back. And I think that's why probably over 30% of the performance fee that we get every single year gets plowed back into the community Mm -hmm. um, every single year. Well over $300,000 a year uh, gets, you know, put back into the community in some way. And I think it's, I think it's more of a, not, it's more than an obligation that you have. Mm-hmm. It's a privilege that you have uh, that you need to ensure that you stay well connected with you know your community mm-hmm. leaders and and being part 
of the Oak Ridge community and being giving back to not only the community, but East Tennessee in general. Well, it's almost like protecting a piece of history, too. I mean, there's so much history out here in Oak Ridge. So preserving that and and making sure that, you know, students grow up and then come back to Oak Ridge to get jobs here at ORU or, you know, at ORNL Y12. It's just carrying on that legacy and making sure that people don't forget why Oak Ridge was started and why we're even here out, you know, to begin with. Yeah, you make a really good point, Jenna. I mean, 75 years ago, the government attracted the best and brightest scientists and engineers to come to Oak Ridge to work on a very secret Manhattan project that helped um, successfully conclude the Second World War. Um, What about the next 75 Mm -hmm. years? Um, You know, that's what I'm looking for. How do we build you know, the, a vibrant community with, you know, uh, people that are interested in coming to work here and live here with their their families and being a part of not only just, you know, ORU, but Oak Ridge National Laboratory, which is probably the most advanced scientific laboratory in the world, the Y-12 National Security Complex, the cleanup effort that's going here that's very environmentally connected. Uh, which people here in East Tennessee um, really enjoy. So there's just tons of opportunity uh, for the next 75 years. How do we attract the kids that are just in elementary school right now to mm-hmm. be wanting to be part of that workforce yep. and and preserve a place for them for the future where they will all pay back as well. So It's great to be part of an organization that is, like that. is absolutely <laughs> and so mindful of sort of its place in the community, but also sort of the community's place in history and, mm-hmm. and wanting to preserve that. So, um, is for you, is there a favorite? Not, it's, I suppose it's like picking your favorite child, like a favorite program that you, <laughs> you know, that you like over others, you know, whether that's extreme. Well, I'm not, not going to say this because Jen is here. I was going to say, you <laughs> should, you better know and, which one you have to pick. And, uh, <laughs> because she's been such a great project manager for the extreme classroom makeover for 10 years. But I mean, it's got to be one of your favorite programs mm-hmm. because, I mean, you really get, you get to go out and you get to surprise a teacher with $25,000 in front of their kids, sometimes in front of the whole school. Right. Uh, and that's exciting stuff, you know? Um, you get asked to do a lot of things. Uh, I've been asked to dance, you know? I've been asked to do a, a lot of things in these, um, these reveals, uh, but it's exciting. And then it's exciting to go back, you know, in a couple of months and you get to see how that technology has changed that classroom. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the thing I really like about the program is the kids, that, the kids that applied for it through the YouTube video, which is the way we do it. We, they, they supply a YouTube video that says how this will change their classroom. Right. They aren't the beneficiaries right. of that technology because they're moving on. They, are, they have done that for the classes that will follow behind them. And I think that's a huge message about how they are giving back and paying it forward to the classes that will come behind them. And then you get to go and do the reveal and you get to see how that teacher has you know, put that technology into his or her classroom, how appreciative they are, how appreciative the administration is for you know, the, the donation. 
And then what I really like about the program too is that teacher then has to pay it back because they come and spend time with us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they get to do some workshops and classes for other teachers to teach them how to use the same type of technology that they've put into their classroom and as part of their curriculum. So the reason I like the Extreme Classroom Makeover is because it's very interactive. You get to get to spend time with kids. You really get to, you really get a lot of job satisfaction from it because you actually get to see um, how it works out in the end. And it's all about paying it forward. And there's multiple ways that program pays it forward. Absolutely. It is. It is a great program. It also, we have the test scores also to back up the fact that, you know, these these uh, classrooms that we've given $25,000 to and they've revamped their classroom, um, we we receive their test scores year after year and it they've improved. And it right. just shows, you know, how m- excited the kids are to learn with this new technology and just how much of an impact it actually has on their their learning and you know on their test scores for for the Tennessee state test which is cool also you know to see a long-term kind of benefit from yeah. it also well, I think it I think you know if you've been been a part of that it makes you very proud to be part of this organization mm-hmm. you really get to see the impact this organization is making yep. in the community and definitely um, one of my favorite days mm-hmm. of yeah. the year is mm-hmm. it's really cool and then as this episode drops actually we're a couple of weeks out from mm-hmm. the reveal, reveal of of renee's classroom yeah, in block county yep. so um we have that to look for we do we do <laughs> so um andy anything else you'd like to say about community relations giving back to the community no, I just, you know, I think, uh, once again, we have an obligation to stay, you know, um, connected to the community as, as the CEO of this organization. My job is to represent, you know, every single employee that works here in terms of our engagement with the community. Uh, and, you know, it's just an honor and a privilege to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know, sorry, I was throwing in a last question. <laughs> um, I know we do this. Um, we do a lot of community engagement from the corporate level. But a lot of individuals across the organization are involved, you know, in their own sort of favorite charities and organizations. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that, you know, kind of where, kind of where you get the volunteer state from, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, any any day of the week you can, you know, be walking through a break area and there's a bake sale for PAWS or there's, um, you know, there's all of the employees that give up their weekends uh, or their days off to work on, I think we've built anywhere from two to three Habitat for mm-hmm. Humanity yeah. houses here in Oak Ridge. Um, you see them out there biking uh, mm-hmm. for for cancer. And, you know, Michael, I know that, you know, you've done a very strong advocacy for your own um, work in terms of uh, advancing treatments yeah. for cancer and everything, which I greatly admire and I'm impressed with. And so every single day, in some way, employees are stepping up uh, to you know, be actively involved in the community and be uh, advancing individual charities and things like that. I, I don't know if there's a way to calculate, sure. you know, right. how much that's worth. I, I think it's probably you know um, hard to imagine how much something's priceless. I guess mm-hmm. is the kind of price tag you would put on that, and that you don't have to ask employees to do it they just automatically step up and get involved and uh, get working in it in in some way and want to help which is amazing so and we have the corporate support to do it which is great so 
All right. That's all I have, sir. Thank you so much yeah. for the time. Well, it's a pleasure to here. be with you guys. This is my first podcast. Ever. <laughs> well, <laughs> Ever. we'll be so, sure to have you, know, you back. <laughs> I'll be happy to come back anytime and, you know, spend some more time with you guys anytime you need to. Great. Sounds Thank great. You. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. To learn more about any of the topics discussed by our experts, visit www.orau.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn at ORAU, and on Instagram at ORAU Together.